This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. New earning their stripes with a special guest. This is Eli Sussman hosting you through the first ETS of 2020. I'm being joined by a former first round draft pick, the 2019 most valuable player for the high A Jupiter Hammerheads, the reigning Marlins ping pong tournament champ, and arguably the best left-handed pitching prospect in the fish farm system. It's Braxton Garrett. How's it going champ? Thanks for joining the show. Thank you guys for having me. I'm doing great. Just to start off, uh, I think everybody's wondering what this offseason has been like for you. Last year, 106 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, you finished up with your debut at AA Jacksonville in late August. They came down to South Florida in September for the Instructional League and to claim that Jupiter MVP award. And from what I can tell, you've stayed in South Florida for part of the winter, right? So what can you tell yeah. us about the training that you've done since last season ended? Okay, so yeah, um, I have a place of my own now in Palm Beach Gardens. Um, I've just grown to absolutely love this place, man. I, the weather in South Florida is incredible. Um, and the gym that I work out at is called Cressy Sports Performance. And I love it there. Um, me and Eric Cressy go way back since I was, since I played Team USA. So a lot of pro guys go there. So I've been working really hard. I'm really looking forward to next season or this season coming up yeah, yeah. about a month. Yeah, after the new year starts, we start calling it this season. That's where we're at. Yeah, I know. Time. We're getting real close. And uh, so how much is that a balance between, uh, you know, working out and getting stronger, um, um, just usual gym stuff versus your throwing? Like how far along are you in terms of actually stretching out the arm for a workload for 2020? Um, I'm in the middle of it. Um, you know, there's a happy medium between, you know, the weight room and – throwing as well so you know that's monitored as well by the guys who I work with and you know right now I'm really trying to ramp up for the season you know spring training is in excuse me a month so you know as I am still lifting weights but I'm starting to deload just a little bit since we're getting close gotcha Uh, and it must have been one of the highlights for you last spring uh, during the ping pong tournament 
which was uh, just a big event throughout all of Marlins camp, both on the minor league side and the major league side. Yeah. And uh, you surprised a lot of people to take that championship. How much ping pong do you play over the offseason? Or are you just going to like um, try to um, figure it all out once you get to the table again? Or have you actually been training for it? I'll, I'll give you a little insight, actually. I, I was talking to uh, BJ Lopez, a catcher who I worked with a little bit this past year. He was asking about the tournament coming up, and um, I told him, I was like, I'm not going to play. I haven't played all offseason. Um, I'm not going to play until spring training. So I told him if he really wanted to, wanted to win it, it might be his year. But I've played <laughs> BJ many times. I don't think he's got a chance. But as you, as you asked, um, I've been playing ping pong for a long time, um, really since I was probably 9 or 10. So – you can imagine I was really excited for the tournament. It's just kind of been a hidden talent of mine my whole life. You know, my friends from elementary school and middle school could tell you that I played ping pong all the time. So I love it. Well, I'm really glad you brought up BJ because I was going to ask specifically about him and uh, Nick Fortes. Because last year you had that great season with Jupiter. You performed pretty well. Um, but of course, all that success is a combination between you and whoever you're throwing to behind the plate on that day. And uh, I feel that catchers can be really underrated, you know, by the general public because absolutely we don't have a great idea of we can't really tell exactly how much input they're having in that whole situation. The guys you threw to most often last year were were BJ and then Nick Fortes. And, mm -hmm. and actually BJ already got invited to major league camp this year. So congrats to him. Yeah. Um, so I wanted just to get a, a better insight into those two guys in particular, because just the average one of us watching from far away, especially if we're not at the ballpark, it's so hard to tell what kind of impact those guys have uh, with BJ and with Nick, could you just give us a quick intro into who they are as players and as teammates? So as you said, yeah, the the catcher position is really underrated, especially just from the average fan because they just don't know how important the catcher is to us because they they win us strikes sometimes. They they will will be balls out of the zone that they sneak in there and make it look pretty for us. Right. You know, obviously every time that ever happens, we just hype them up and you know we love that and also i mean both of those guys are fantastic behind the plate and we communicate really well so and as teammates i mean they're as good they're as good as they get um, um you, i probably won't be the first to say this but nick is just is just the nicest guy ever so right. uh, you can't get a mean thing to come out of his mouth and bj is just absolutely hilarious so Two guys that I really enjoy. We're talking with Braxton Garrett here on Earning Their Stripes. Kind of on a related note to that, uh, I'm sure you've seen that there are some steps being taken, not not immediately, but probably in the near future, to introducing robo-umpires to minor league baseball someday, maybe even major league baseball, having an automatic strike zone. And mm -hmm. frame pitches could be a pretty important part of the catcher's job. It's an important part of, of your job to you know get called strikes on those borderline pitches uh, I mean, as far as I know, I guess you haven't pitched in a live game with an automatic strike zone yet, uh, but I still right. want to get your opinion on that as as a pitcher, um, whether you think that would help you or hurt you, um, or whether just generally you think that's good or bad development for baseball. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think much about it. Um, you know, obviously I see it on Twitter and stuff like that. I saw they did it in the Arizona Fall League. Right. And 
obviously you see all the bad times where it looked like it may have been wrong and they don't show all the good. So, you know, I don't, I don't really care. Um, you know, I'm still going to have to do my job and it, it, it'll be the same thing to me. I'll just have to adjust and figure out, you know, how to play the game with the robo umps, I guess. I'm just a kind of go with the flow guy. Gotcha. Uh, one other teammate I wanted to touch on is uh, your fellow left-hander, Will Stewart. He was the very first guest that we had on this particular show last April, right when he was starting his season with the Hammerheads. He's from Alabama, just like you. And he remembers yep. you from back in high school. He said you were a big shot even back then that his team needed <laughs> to face your team because they hated to face you. Uh, but now that he has been your teammate, he admits he was all wrong about you. He really likes you now. Do you have, Yeah, and I rub it in his face, too. <laughs> do you have any memories of, of Will? Did you even notice him back then, or at least did you remember facing uh, Hazel Green High School back in the day? Absolutely. Um, I remember facing Will. My ju- it was my junior year, his senior year. Right. Unfortunately... Well, this is going to kind of ruin my story, but he didn't pitch ever uh, against us. But I do remember them speaking of uh, Will, how he was a good lefty. But like I said, we just didn't face him. And also he texted me uh, or DM'd me or something after I got drafted and congratulated me, which was a really nice thing because I didn't know him personally. Right. Um, but it's funny when I, uh, you know, we talked to other teammates and stuff. I always tell, I hit a home run against his high school. Like the first game of the season, I always tell people it was off of Will, but it wasn't. <laughs> and then he, and then he just has to keep going on about how it wasn't off of him. <laughs> so that's always a good time. Yeah, I wanted to get um more information about that sweet baby of yours, that curveball that has been like a really defining strength of your game, dating all the way back mm-hmm. to when you were a draft prospect. Uh, people got a good look at it this year now that you moved up to Jupiter, better bit of video quality. People are really excited about that pitch. It's always jumped out as being a big difference maker for you, something that you could see right. in the right situation. You get pretty much anybody out with it if you put it in the right spot. And uh, could you just take us all the way back to when you learned it originally from your dad and just what you think is the yeah. secret that makes it all so successful for you? Because so many pitchers throw curveballs, but not all of them have um, the same success that you have with it. Sure. Sure. So um, I give all, you know, obviously I developed it myself, but I give all the um, teaching credit to my dad. He's um, in the same exact grip since I was 12 years old. And at the time, there was all this controversy around, you know, throwing the breaking ball at that age. And so I was just taught to never, you know, snap my wrist or manipulate my wrist. So at that time, it was really just a big 12-6 curveball. But as I started to get older and develop it, you know, it, I can <laughs> I can kind of turn it into, you know, an 11.5 or a 12.6 or even sometimes I threw it hard to look like a slider. So um, what I tell people, my only tip, I mean, I've been throwing it for so long, it's really just a feel thing. But I tell my roommate Jordan, what I think about is just staying closed as long as I can. And the only thing I think about with my hand is keeping a stiff wrist as soon as I take my hand out of the glove. So that's really the main thing. I keep my as stiff as I can. Come to releasing it, that's when the wrist really starts moving. So like I said, it's more of a feel thing. 
But when I throw the guys in the ass, that's what I tell them. Well, now that you're coming off the season at the high A level, you faced a lot of competition that was older than you. I, I mean, how um, have you made any adjustments with, with that pitch? Do you find that it's still as effective as it always been? It has the, is the grip still the same as how you originally learned it? And are you using it like in the same situations that you always have? Do you throw it as often overall? Or do you feel that you have to now mix in more pitches in order to handle I, these very advanced hitters? I definitely cannot throw it as often as I did. I mean, obviously, especially as I did in high school, because it was just kind of an overpowering pitch then. Um, but now, you know, when people use the term get me over curveball, you know, me and my roommate always joke about it. We're like, I don't know. I'm not comfortable throwing a get me over curveball because every time I do, I think it gets hit out of the park. There, it seems that way. Right. So I definitely have to pick and choose when I use it, but also – you know, I know in the back of my head it's a really good pitch, and if I throw, you know, just a nasty breaker, it may not be exactly where I wanted it, but it, you know, a lot of the times it's still successful. So it's a big trust, big trust and big feel pitch. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Gotcha. Uh, one more question for you, and this is something that actually applies to both you and to your roommate, Jordan Holloway because there's been so much turnover in the Marlins organization the past few years with the new ownership coming in for the team, new players, new coaches, new philosophies and all that. And I mean, Jordan was drafted in 2014, you in 2016, but you guys are kind of exceptions where a lot of these other elite level prospects that are in the organization right now, they're new, you know, they didn't know what things like, they don't know what the difference has been um, compared to the old regime. And so you, you and Jordan have survived the transition because you performed really well and, and shown I know. And it's, ability. That's, but, um, that's funny you say that. that we were talking about that the other day because, you know, we were talking about how it feels like we've been playing for so long. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with, talking about that with one of my friends who's been released since that time who played together. He was like, dude, you and Jordan are one of the very few who are still, you know, there. <laughs> it's <laughs> like almost everyone's gone. So it's a big accomplishment, really. <laughs> Yeah, well, so we're now at a point where, I mean, you look around the organization now, um, anybody that's objective about it says this is one of the deeper systems in all of baseball in terms of having great players at almost every position. Um, I'm wondering what differences you think you've noticed since you were drafted compared to now. Like, Why do you think the Marlins, as they're set up right now, could be in a situation to be consistently competitive moving forward in terms of developing players? Is, is there anything different that you feel uh, has happened while you've been in the organization compared to how it used to be? Um, I, to be honest with you, I love where we're going right now. Um, you know, I feel the big differences with the, you know, the new Marlins regime compared to the other, you know, we bring in Gary Dimbo and we bring in his guys a lot from the Yankees and, you know, that's, you know, we don't love the Yankees with the Marlins, but they've, they're winners and they're, they're bringing this winning attitude 
to the clubhouse and it spreads, the discipline is up and it's, you know, uh, that's just how I was raised. So I'm very comfortable to it. So I love it. Um, I'm just really happy with where the organization is going right now. And obviously you guys can tell too, the prospects that we have, it's incredible. I got guys that I'm competing hard with. I mean, we have pitchers on deck. It's crazy. Right. Very well said. Well said. We used to be at a point where, like, you appreciated some of the guys that were on major league level a couple of years ago, but there was always this fear that, you know, what happens if those guys get hurt? If those guys move on, there was no, like, no understudy. There was no, like, next wave of talent coming. And now it's right. it's crazy. There's there's wave after wave. There, there's some guys that are trying to break through to the majors this spring, and then there are guys, like, right behind them, like, in terms of you, you were probably going to head right. to double a Jacksonville and I mean you perform well and all of a sudden you're you're gonna head up there pretty soon as well it's gonna be right where it's it's all just like based on competition and performance at this point instead of just relying absolutely. on absolutely there yeah having alternatives and all that absolutely I'm a big believer in competition brings out the best in everybody so you know having you know such good the pitching prospects that we have it's so motivating and you know at the same time I have an advantage I'm watching these guys I got to watch Edward Cabrera pitch this year in high A. Are you kidding me? That was a pleasure. And, you know, then I go up to double A, get to spend some time with Sixto. And obviously I was with Trevor all year. I mean, come on. <laughs> Those guys are studs. Exactly. Well said. Uh, Braxton Garrett, Marlins left-handed pitcher, less than one month till the start of spring training, less than three months till – minor league opening day, and we're going to be really excited to follow you every step of the way. It was, it was a great 2019 season for you. 2020 could be even better. Thanks a lot, Braxton, and best of luck here in 2020. Thank you very much for having me.